Okay. All righty. Um, so, welcome to a new edition of the Queen City Roundup podcast, where we talk about all things Toronto sports. Um, you may notice a little difference uh, about this one. First of all, I'm doing the intro, and I didn't screw it up this this time. Well, I, I, the, the show is still young, regardless. Um, but anyway, so um, until further notice, um, Joey is currently week to week with uh, a... I guess you can call it a lower house injury. Um, it basically he had a leak in his basement. Um, so you're just gonna have to deal with me, the less enthusiastic. Actually, I don't want to say less enthusiastic. I would say more enthusiastic one uh, compared to the two of us. But uh, in times like this, you have to scramble and sometimes get some guys. So for some OG people, uh, I have a host that's actually done a show with me before um and that is our good boy uh gordon monroe uh, at ride the pine 89 on twitter uh gordon i guess we're going to be doing this here and there for the next little while uh, i guess welcome back yeah hey thank you thank you for having me yeah um yeah, so um, we got some some stuff to, to discuss today. I, we have some notes. Um, it's going to be primarily a Jays and Leafs show. Um, the Raptors are kind of at the for, at the not the forefront, but they're kind of on the back end of you know no one really knows what they're doing anymore, and they're kind of take kind of easing back into the shadows. Um, but I guess we'll talk about. Uh, We'll dive into baseball first, just because, uh, again, it's the most it's the most fresh. It's been just came back. Um, I guess we'll talk about it now. Um, yeah. So Texas ended the pandemic. I don't know if you yeah. know this, Gord. Texas, like the Alberta of, uh, the Alberta of the United States. Uh, yeah. But uh, actually, I don't. It's the Alberta, right? I, yeah, yeah, pretty we always, well. You we always go back and forth about it. Yeah, people always call uh, Alberta the Texas of the North. So, yeah, yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty crazy at this point. Um, the insane. I mean, at least Alberta's at the point where they won't do anything drastic like that because I'm sure like the whole entire country will murder them. Yeah, um, yeah. I feel like Quebec would do it at one point, but anyway, <laughs> that's besides the point. Um. <laughs> So while well, at the time of recording this, Jays are currently down three one to the, uh, of course the Rangers, um, which I'll save this rant about this game for another day because it's still early. Um, yeah, they can always turn yeah. it around. Yeah, <clears throat> depends. Baseball is one of the most unpredictable sports uh, in the game or in all sport. Um, so three and one, and you took two or three against the Yankees to start. Now, Gord, I don't want—I don't want to get too technical here, but this is pretty freaking good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're—they're they're definitely doing a lot better than they were, I think, uh, early on last year. Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, last year they could have started two and zero last year, but um, injuries were just really bad. And like, I think what we're seeing with everyone, and yeah. like we see this in every sport, where like. You're gonna go through the kinks, and you're gonna see what works and what doesn't. Um, I don't know if you've seen much of the last 
uh, two to three games, but I'm really impressed with what I'm seeing so far. And like the best teams are the teams with no expectations, like like 16, 17 yeah. Leafs. In oh my yeah. Eyes, okay, they weren't the best, but like no, they were but, very good. Yeah, and they were very fun to enjoy. Um, very fun to watch, especially. They had a lot of, and then I think there is some parallels too. They had a lot of really young, um, good up and coming players, uh, much like the Jays do right now. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think what's really worth noting is like this team's not even at full strength yet. Like Springer hasn't even played mm-hmm. a game yet. Uh, their top pitching prospect in Pearson hasn't even played uh, a game at all. Um, and they still have a bunch of prospects that are still in the in the system. Like this is a team that's like it's almost yeah. like we're getting a taste, and they're still like more on the way. And that's what I really like. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like obviously there's still some kinks. I mean, you know, to me, being you know, I'm very much a baseball esque guy. Um, so obviously the hitting's not perfect. Again, there's still some guys that are, are really struggling. Not a huge fan of Telez's start. Um, Bichette, even though he's he's getting a little better now, he's still a little shaky, especially with pitches on the inside. Uh, Vlad Guerrero looks like an absolute G. And what's actually scary is that he's like a year – I think he's my age. He just turned yeah, 22 so. or 21. And I'm kicking myself because I'm like, I want this dude's workout regimen because this guy burned like 40 pounds in the span of a year. And I'm just like, can I like do what you're doing? Like, please? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. absolutely like insane the way that like – and like I'm trying to think of like someone that like – like, I mean, the, the instant comparable I was going to think was James Harden because everyone saw, like, he was out of shape. But, like, obviously we saw it was the the undershirts being layered on top of uh, the uh, on top of him. Yeah. Um, well, I guess. Yeah, but no, that's – I mean, I mean, I mean, that's just insane, though. Like, just how much weight he has lost. Because I know I, – like, like, I haven't been able to really catch a game yet this year. But I know uh, – I know seeing, like, the difference between him and La- – him – uh last year and seeing some highlights and things like that like he looks so much smaller yeah like i think what we really need to like establish is like and, and considering this is only like not even a percent or two percent into the season like there's still a lot of, of ball games to be played and there's still a lot of uh interesting stuff um yeah. i know you may not have an idea just based on the games that you haven't seen um but like is there a name that like you've seen especially on twitter like a name that everyone's just been like clamoring over uh who oh. think is like because i have two and one is like i had no idea this was going to be this good yeah i mean I, uh, I pulled up their stats because like i said i really haven't been able to uh to see but randall gritchick looks like he's doing pretty well at hitting yeah, and like he's he's always been a guy um, from what I've seen from the last few years of him being in Toronto, a uh, very mm-hmm. streaky hitter. Um, like he'll go, he'll be very uh, strikeout prone, especially like when he first came here. And then the second half yeah. of the season, it was like, okay, this is a different player. So you kind of had to like see what which player we're getting. And I think yeah. hopefully this one is the one that we see consistently. I kind of feel bad because I was like, as soon as they signed Springer, I'm like, well, he's gone. But of course, yeah. now he's he's still here, which thankfully he is because 
you know, it just kind of shows you the, the, the depth. Um, but yeah, Grichuk's been great. To me, I really like Marcus Semyon. I think Marcus oh. Semyon is a very underrated piece to this team because he was like the one on the down low that, um, you know, people were like, oh, he could maybe turn into something. You know, he'll be a guy that they can slot into the rotation, you know, and whatever the case may be. Um, but aside from that, like, his glove's been really good. I really like what I've seen in the bat. He's really showing that he's got some power and, like, I, maybe a little – I think, like, second base and short is, like, a very hard position just because, like, you have to have so much in sync with your – with your shortstop, especially when making plays, but he feels right. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's really something that we need to talk about here. Also, Julian Merriweather, Jesus tap dancing Christ. This guy is absolutely filthy. Like this guy literally has struck out five people in two games. He struck out all but one guy that he's faced. And I don't know if you're familiar with Tommy John surgery, Gord, but it's a pretty evasive surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I've heard a little bit. Yeah, so basically, like it's um, more or less they have to go ahead, go into your elbow, and just kind of like repair uh, tendon and cartilage damage uh, with and, and like it, it basically reduces the strength in your basically in your your dominant hand, which for for pitchers especially is brutal because your velocity goes down, you can't have much control of your pitch. So this guy who's like almost 30 is throwing like 100 miles an hour and it's just like sweet baby jesus i am in awe because i i I always have a soft spot for closers because there's always been some good ones in the game Um, yeah except for right now with the yankees but i could i could go on a different tangent about that (laughs) um but considering the fact that like the three guys that he struck out in the first game were the top like the cream of the crop in the Yankees lineup, which was Judge, Stanton, and I believe Torres was the last one. And those are some big, you know, big time hitters that hit for power. So the fact that you're getting them on fastballs, like that's yeah. that's dirty. Um, I think personally, this team, like again, like what we're seeing right now, they're kind of losing right now, uh, pretty handedly. Uh, but I think like it's one of those situations where you look at this team from the early on points and like I think this will be a team that'll be over 500. But I don't know if uh, per se I would see them you know in a playoff spot the whole season. I think it's going to be like a slow climb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, and I mean especially. Cause like, cause like we have mentioned, right. They have a lot of really young players. Um, yeah. I could definitely see them kind of being just that slow climb towards the playoffs and not, you know, going through those ruts, right. Like we've seen with the Leafs team actually quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, I think again, like it's still very early. We're going to find out what, what works and what doesn't. Uh, and it's very much a situation where we're going to find out like what mm-hmm. works and what doesn't, because like, again, 162 games and we're only five games in, like we're not even like, we're not even scratching the surface here. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, look, speaking of scratching the surface, here, here's where we'll get more interactive here. Because let's let's jump right into hockey. Because, All right, so this is my forte. Yeah. 
Um, so how is a team that we like, what, what was funny was end of March, middle end of March, we were all at the point where it was like, this team's garbage. This team's not going to do like this team's losing their spot in first place, you know, and then lo and behold, they're seven, one and two within their last 10. Like that's, that's pretty good considering their last yeah. regulate. And also like, you know, worth noting is the last time that they lost in regulation is they don't have either of their goalies. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Both of them were, uh, both of them were injured. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. I mean, Jack Campbell's just come into like throughout that stretch and like for the majority of it, at least, and has just dominated. He's just taken over. I think the Leafs net. This to me kind of sounds like, like, I mean, like, again, this is a very poor comparison, but like, Considering we're in the Toronto hockey market, hockey market, um, there's nothing but poor comparisons because we've been so used to mediocrity and failure. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Jonas Gustafsson a little bit because that 2011-12 season when Reimer mm-hmm. got hurt, it was like, okay, the season's over. You know, your starter's down. You have this guy in Gustafsson who's unproven. And then he just won on that run, and it was just like, oh, wow, like this team, this team looks like themselves again. Like they're that team that's like not, they're not um, the top team in the league, but like, okay, they have this young guy, and he's he's carrying the team to wins. Uh, we don't want to talk about what happened next because you know stuff happened next. Um, yeah, we don't want to relive the pain. But like to me, like Campbell. To me, and, and like this is this is my own personal opinion, um, but I truly believe that Dubas brought Campbell in for two reasons. Number one is kind of obvious; he's a former Sioux Greyhound. Which I mean, it's almost like uh, to like jump it over to a football reference. It's like uh, you know drafting a player from Ohio State, which is absolutely uh, maddening. Um, just because, like, there are so many people and GMs that, that draft from that. I mean, like, obviously, they don't – some well, – the majority don't really turn out. But uh, regardless of that, in this situation, like, it's almost like Kyle Dubas is, like, still attached to the Sioux no matter what. Like, yeah. Like, with um, with Campbell, um, with Rasmus Sandin – Joe Thornton was a Sioux Greyhound back when, like, no one knew who the Sioux Greyhounds were. Oh, yeah, way back. In... Which is pretty crazy. Uh, Sheldon Keefe, I believe, was coach of the Sioux Greyhounds at one point. Yeah, yeah, he was under uh, under Dubas. Dubas brought him in. Exactly. So it's almost just like there's they're all conjoined at the hip. Um, yeah. But, like, to me, I think this move was to simulate, like, Dubas wanting to – sort of take take that final step that this is his team now because if you yeah, think about it I think so. the majority of the players that that Dubis okay I mean a lot of the players that Dubis inherited like the big three of the big four he inherited which were you know Marner Matthews and Nylander but yeah. um you brought in Tavares you you bring in Mikheyev Simmons Engvall Brooks Spezza Thornton all of those guys are his guys and on the defense yeah. the only guy that he did not bring in on the defense was uh i believe morgan riley oh yeah oh yeah oh, yeah. yeah i know he brought in jake muzzin his first year 
Um, yeah, he brought in Riley, um, and Dermot was drafted. Okay, yeah, Dermot was drafted before Lou really became the general manager. Uh, and really the last remnant of the Lou Lamorello-esque years of, like, the Le- of the Leafs, which feel like an eternity ago, was Freddie yeah. Anderson. And yeah, pretty much. To me, like, and like, I don't know if this is just like my own opinion again. Goalies fall off at 30, like 31, 32. If they are not like Henrik Lundqvist still in their prime, um, you know, putting up numbers like that, they fall off. And yeah. we're seeing it with, with Carey Price right now, who's like a like a I think two years older than uh, than Freddie. Yeah, he's like he's 33 and his he hasn't put up a 920 save percentage since uh the only the last time he got close was two seasons ago. He's got a 903 this year. And yeah, another, yeah, another yeah. I mean for stretches he was terrible. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, I don't mean to hate on him, but like Freddie has not been good enough. And it's to me, and again, this is what I, I genuinely hope, especially once we get to that point of the uh the season one, especially once we get into the playoffs, if this situation happens, because I don't know if you remember a certain team in 2018 that won the Stanley Cup in the Washington Capitals, but you forget that the first yeah. two games were Philip Grubauer. They were not Brayden Holby. Then, of course, they went down 0-2 in the hole. They decided, okay, we're going to go back to our starter in Holby, and they won four straight, and then lo and behold, they ended up going all the way to the Stanley Cup final, which is really freaking good. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, yes, you've seen that a lot. And in, in one, one thing too is that I think also from uh, Dubis, like to bring it back just a little bit, for Dubis uh, bringing in Jack Campbell, I think a lot of it was also um, just this sort of modern approach towards goaltending. Like you kind of see it in the Hurricanes and things like that. Like I think he wanted a goal team goaltender long-term who could come in and kind of uh support freddie and you know i think that so that you can have you know that Krubauer holtby type scenario so you have someone who's coming in and you know can fill in while the other guy's injured and actually play you know 10 20 games that you're not just trusting you know on the second night of a back-to-back you know throwing in there because you gotta throw in a warm body yeah exactly and this is the situation where you look at this and you know, you need you need flexibility among everybody. You need flexibility among your goalies. You need flexibility among your roster spots, and you, mm-hmm. need, flex- you need flexibility in, in in everything because you never know what's going to happen. And unfortunately, what we saw with the Canucks with their their COVID situation, um, you know, you're going to need guys to step up when when things are tough. Now, obviously, God forbid that situation doesn't happen here because that that situation is actually really scary. Um, yeah. considering like a few players needed like IV, I think they said only one player needed an IV drip. Um, yeah, I think it was at least, but it, but yeah, I do know that they were sending in like doctors to people's homes and stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, like it's it's almost like you know I I and like in the Leaf situation, I think like the Leafs are so. In addition to being disciplined, they also have strict guidelines, probably from their own organization that are yeah. like, you know, like, and also like they're supposed to be setting the standard. And I think like, you know, they need to continue to like do what they're doing just because of how scary things are and like how uncertain things are. So like, and like going back to the idea of depth, like you need guys to like step up in your, 
your roster when when players are not performing. Um, which brings me to, I guess the I don't do we want to call him the new guy because he's been there for a few games. Does Gouch come back next year? Gouch? Um, I hope he does. Honestly, I really hope he does come back next year because he's been phenomenal on that second line there. Exactly. Yeah, and I think like with Galchenyuk, he's very much a guy who he's not an AHLer. We saw that already. He's a guy oh, yeah. who. On most teams, he's a third-line player, mm-hmm. to be fair, but he's done really well yeah. in, in the top six with, with Tavares and, and Nylander. Yeah, I think it's just more of one of those uh, those complementary-type roles, right? Like, I think I think you'd probably agree that someone like even Hyman, right, that you his optimal position would be third-line winger or something like that, right? I mean, he does score a little bit, but he's getting 15, 20 goals a year. So, you know, like, I, I think with the Leafs team, with the way they're uh, composed, you can have, you know, someone like a Gouch or Hyman or whatever in the top six, and it can work pretty well. I mean, as we've seen with both examples. And, like, it's almost like having a less physical Tom Wilson because, like, with Tom Wilson in, in Washington, like, you know, he's a guy who's not a sniper or a playmaker, but he puts pucks to the net and he wins. Yeah. And even then, I think, I'd say Gouch, like, the one thing that's really, like, that has been really amazing, but also just the fact that, like, you do see that level of skill, though, right? Like, you do see the the talent that made him, you know, a third overall pick, like that, uh, the between the legs pass uh, to John Tavares. Yeah, like, he has, and, like, I think the biggest thing, and, like, we see it, we saw it a little bit with, uh, with the Habs, was, like, he was always a good offensive player. He just was not good in his own end. And yeah. that unfortunately never got better. Like, and I think that, that's one thing is um, like looking at this team as a whole, like from top to bottom, they're very well put together. And I think like we're definitely seeing mm-hmm. not the best version of this team because like if the salary cap wasn't a thing, I think we would all be laughing. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, considering the circumstances, I think considering the only trade that they made so far was a trade to get a player like uh, Galchenyuk, which I know you were bummed out about because they traded your your boy. Yeah. And Igor Korshkov. Yeah, I love that, man. But, I mean, you know, I think it, I think it works out. I think, I think they're better off. That, that's just me. Um, oh, but, yeah, no. Yeah, like, yeah. What, looking what back, <laughs> um so speaking of stuff that i know um you know looking at like goaltending situations because like we like getting back to that i know like they said freddie might be ready in a week but like you know it's one of those things where you look at the least next few games and like you got the habs on wednesday night uh well since this is going up on tuesday technically tomorrow night yeah um you got the uh, Sands on Saturday, and then you have the Habs again on Monday. And then, of course, like you don't know if you're going to be playing the Canucks later in the year. You're going to be seeing a lot of the Jets. Like, Jets and Habs, you're going to be seeing a lot of down the stretch. And I think it's definitely going to be uh, two teams that you look at that are like, okay, like they're, they're not what we are, but they're close. You know, they're very much... Uh, you know, players that are, or not players, but uh, 
people that kind of threaten in the standings. Does Vanellinen get a game at all, or is he just going to be like Casimir Kaskis Like They call him up if they need him, and yeah. then like if they don't need him, it's like okay, you can go play in the go play in the AHL. I wouldn't mind them giving him a shot. Um, but the one thing that is really good about it, and the one thing that is really good about that acquisition in general too, is that um, he's on a ELC. So he's still on his entry-level deal. So he can get sent up and down. Um, he can go to the AHL without waivers or anything like that. So as much as I'd like to see him get a game, um, I'd kind of just like them to just kind of keep him where he is for now and then sort of figure out what they're going to do next. And then send him down to the AHL and I guess platoon him and Wool and uh, Ian Scott back and forth uh, for the rest of the year. That's what I'd prefer personally. Yeah. I mean, like it, it depends on, uh, it depends on like, the, again, the schedule, like with Ottawa, I think you experiment with that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Ottawa, you can throw up Vevelina. I think like it's one of those things where, again, you have to assess the schedule if you do play him, then I do believe that you're most likely going to, to have like a, it'll be like later in the season when the games don't matter. Um, or if God forbid, like injuries pile up, then like, you're going to have to like, you know, roll with him, like with the Bruins right now. Cause like yeah. the Bruins, the Bruins don't have Rask or Halak because Rask is hurt and Halak just tests positive for COVID. So you're basically rolling up to youngsters who are actually doing pretty decent. So it's yeah. like it's one of those situations where it's like in case of emergency, like break glass. And uh, you know, it's it, it's one of the situations where you look at this and um, ideally, you know, you you want to have as much depth as possible. And I think the Leafs going into the season they did, but they had to replenish a little bit because obviously they had to pick from the defensive depth which is very good um in order to address the goaltending depth which will probably help them next year um i don't know what's going to happen with the goalie situation like like freddie's gone right like we can kind of, we can kind of like close that door unfortunately yeah yeah i he has to be like they, they don't have the money and i mean they just Honestly, I don't trust him. And, and I think Campbell can do it. I think you can get a cheap backup if you need to. But you can just throw in there and you can platoon, you know, Campbell and uh, that goalie back and forth uh, for a whole season. Yeah. And I think that's what they, they might need to look at. Uh, and I know, like, Campbell has a small uh, sample size in, in playing games. But, like, you go with the better option, at least right now. I mean, we see what's happening with, with St. Louis and Bennington where, like, he was – good in 2019 then of course the blues committed a lot of money to him and uh yeah i know that's a rough deal bud yeah 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 you don't want to be stuck in that situation at all um you don't want to just just never give money in term to goalies ever yeah and like it, it's so hard because you know with the way that the 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 goalie market is no one's no one in my opinion should be making higher than like five really if you're a goalie because mm -hmm. no one has proved that they are worth a five million dollar price tag like the only ones that are like have been at least consistent are Vasilevsky who is very much worth his nine and a half that he signed with Tampa yeah um, there was another one that I was thinking of Demko at five is perfect I think yeah. it's a, yeah, a, a very fair deal for him 
Um, Flurry, who's making seven, but like he's always primarily had a good season, and like he's a he's a hockey hall of famer, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's very much a, a player that you you look at who's like, okay, maybe he makes a little more because he's having a good year. Um, but like name me a goalie, like like even Rask who makes seven, like before he he got hurt, he only had a nine oh seven. Like that's not it's not great per se. And like that's really one of the like I mean goaltending's been awful this year, but like, dude, it's it's been rough. It's been really, really rough. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, honestly, I was trying to think while you were, uh, while you were like, listen, some names there. And like, I think there's really only two goalies in the entire NHL that I'd be really comfortable. Like if, if, if I was given, you know, Hey, you have to sign this guy to a seven year, eight year, whatever at, you know, a $10 million. There's only like two guys, I think out of the entire NHL that I'd actually be comfortable doing that with. Um, and exactly. I mean, cause, cause we've just seen it blow up so many times, Bobrovsky, price um i'm trying to think of another example i know there's someone else but still like you just see so many goalies and you you mentioned this earlier but um yeah like once they hit past 30 it's like just such a crapshoot you can have a curtis mcelhaney or you can have a freddie anderson or a carrie price right like well well mcelhaney was a backup right so like it's kind of like a rough thing to go off of and another goalie that i that i missed um but was worth mentioning is, is Connor hellebuck who is entering mm-hmm. his prime as a goalie and Winnipeg needs to win with him now before he hopefully doesn't fall off. It, it, it's like, it's such a, like, to me, a goalie is like an ace. It's really yeah. like you, you don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, actually. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. And Hellebuck was actually one of the other names. Vasilevsky and Hellebuck are the two ones that I would, that I would even commit any money to. I'd even think about it. Cause just, yeah, it's just way too inconsistent. I mean, you have one injury, like one knee injury, right? You're just, you're done. Like you're yeah. screwed. Like for goalies, like knee, mm-hmm. groin, knee, groin, uh, like half, like anything lower body is brutal, especially for a goalie. Yeah. Exactly. Ability that you would need. Um, anyway, trade deadlines next week. Next mm-hmm. Monday is the trade deadline, and no one's been traded yet, which kind of feels unwarranted. But like, if you if you learn the state of the world, you kind of understand why. Um, so I mean, like we already talked about Galch and how like that might ease the pressure off of Dubas to really make a move. Um, now there's three names that I wrote down on our notes here, but if you have any other ones, by all means, throw it in. So the names mm-hmm. that I looked at were Taylor Hall, who's been literally <laughs> around the Twitter for the last like month. Uh, Alex Ayafalo, who is my personal choice to leech go out and get, uh, and Mikhail Granlund. Mm-hmm. Before we dive into those, is there any name that I missed that you feel the team should really be like, okay, that'd be a good option? Because Eric Saul's off the board. Yeah, yeah, Eric Saul's gone. Um, for in terms of forwards, uh, Scott Lawton would be really the only one that I'm even interested in. Uh, maybe Nick Paul in Ottawa. Uh, right. Did you just want to stick on forwards for now? Or? Uh, I mean, yeah, forwards. I don't think this team okay. can add another goalie. I think defensively, like, they already have the majority yeah, of their, their, you know, guys established. So I think, like, forward is what this team might want to add. 
Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I honestly, other than those two names, um, that, that's pretty much it. Like, that's, I, I mean, there's not much they need. For me, the needs are either someone who can play in the top six on the wing or, you know, a, a bottom six center, maybe. Yeah, um, and the reason why I was looking at Ayafalo the most is because, like, you mm-hmm. have um, the whole center winger ideology, so if you want to move uh, Kerfoot to the wing, you can. Uh, I don't think they would, just because you know Kerfoot's done so well uh, at center, especially with uh, with Thornton and uh, and Spezza on his wings. So I think that's really one of the one of the moves where it's like, okay, you could do that, but at this point, I don't think they would do that. Um, and like again, like yeah. he's, he's played top six minutes, like he's one of the more consistent scorers on the Kings. Uh, and of course, you have really good, uh, a really good relationship with uh, with Rob Blake. You already made the Muzzin trade. You made the Campbell trade. Why not go three for three and make three trades in three years with the Kings? Because why not? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it makes sense from that angle. He, we, we know that Dubas likes to retread, you know, uh, old paths. So yeah, and hey, it, I think it, it's something that you look at, and it's like, uh, um, ideally. Like, what do you see with uh, uh, what was the other thing with Grant? Like, with Grandland, it makes sense, but like, somehow Nashville is actually in a playoffs position now. I don't think they would move anybody, which is kind of ironic in a way. Uh, now, if you did want to move a goalie for a goalie, do you not call Columbus? Um, they'd be really interesting, but. Honestly, like who I really want is uh, I, I'd be calling Arizona. The thing with Arizona, and I understand you, like both Ronta and Kemper are, are on IR. Yeah. So, I mean, you could roll with like Aiden Hill maybe, but like, again, like what are you going to pay that? Yeah, that's true. For me, it was just more that uh, I, I know Ranta, I think, is actually supposed to be coming back. Um, I, I know that there was a report out the other day that was talking about him, uh, him going on to the, like joining them on their road trip. Um, and honestly, like he's like the only other one or goalie wise that I'm really that interested in. Um, I, the, the Columbus goalie, so would be really good. Merzlikens or some Merzlikens yeah, or, or, uh, or Corpus Allo or Corpus Allo, uh, yeah. Um, I would personally would prefer Corpus Allo a little more for cap reasons, but I mean, like you're both getting similar, uh, players in that uh, and then another team that I was looking at like I know like some people were looking at the Devils like Palmieri and like some people were saying Miles Wood which I mean like that would be okay I wouldn't mind getting a Miles Wood but like I don't think that that would really benefit us at all because like, oh, I don't just, just because like I mean like you just lost Janssen which like is rough and he's having a rough go in, in Jersey um, but like you know, do you really want to go ahead and just bring in another guy who's making pretty decent money and for another year? Like, it's a pretty – you probably have to ask New Jersey to eat some of that that contract and that term. Um, now, I, I read earlier today in 31 Thoughts that uh, Damian Alexiak might be available, which oh. I wouldn't – I wouldn't do it, but – Sweet baby Jesus, if I don't want that big giant just stomping all over the place, just being an absolute jerk. Like, yeah, he'd be insane. 
like if Chara was still on the Bruins and there was a normal season, having those two like square off like you're in like a wrestling ring would be friggin' cool. Like I would love yeah. love to see that just because of how interesting it is for I mean like I'm not a huge guy on fighting, but like I think it's pretty it's still pretty fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I really, uh, I really like Alexiak. I think he'd be a really good addition. Um, I, I mean, even just from because I kind of like pay attention a lot to um, analytics and things like that, and RAPM, and um, I mean, he looks really good. So I'd actually really like to have him. Um, I think I think he'd complement our back end quite a bit, uh, and I think he'd be a big upgrade on someone like uh, Bogosian. I think he'd be a really big upgrade on him. Yeah, I don't know. Bogosian kind of grew on me a little bit. He's like one of those guys where I'm like, okay, you know, you're not amazing, but he's still very much like uh, a player that I would look at and go like, I wouldn't mind taking you for like another year. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, do salary, but like, I don't know. Yeah, I I wouldn't mind it either. Um, I'm kind of feeling the same way about uh, Simmons as well. Um, but Bogosian, like. I, I don't mind him, but personally, I'd kind of rather, I feel like this is really unpopular, but I'd rather them just give Lilia Grin or someone like that a shot. Yeah, I don't see. Okay, here's, here's, the, here's the impending anxiety. Like, hmm. when Duba said, like, okay, like, Robertson and uh, there was another guy that they said it was an untouchable, Robertson and Sandine, I was like, uh yeah that means that uh that lawyer good might be the odd man out and i'm kind of nervous because i don't want to give up on him yet he's got such good potential but like it's also like where does this guy fit on the team and i feel like if they do move on from a guy like wouldn't wouldn't dermot be the guy to move on from in in this situation potentially yeah exactly i mean the thing with Dermot, um, and, and, I, and I would love to, um, actually, I, I would rather, much rather move on from Dermot. Um, the only thing is, is that I think, um, I think Dermot's going to get claimed an expansion. Like, I think they're going to keep him. And personally, like, I would rather keep him on this team for right now. Um, at, le- at least just to kind of play out the rest of the year, just because I do see him. Uh, I, this also might be a hot take, but I do see him as uh, better than Bogosian. Like I like him a lot more uh, than Bogosian. Yeah. Um, to me, like the expansion, like I completely, I forget still that Seattle's still a thing just because of like the whole cluster bleep of this year or the last like year and a half. Um, and it makes me wonder, like, okay, like, if there's a lot of things that are going on right now, um, you know, with, with the expansion draft, I think we all thought that, like, the guys that would be picked would be, like, Kerfoot or Engvall. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, makes sense. I don't know. For me, like, I think, I think someone like Dermot uh, would be a little bit more attractive. Like, I think he's one of those defensemen that, like, people just think, like, oh, He's, you know, he's just not getting a shot in Toronto. You know, he's behind Muzzin and Riley and stuff like that. So I definitely think that he's more of the guy that's going to get taken. Him or uh, Justin Hall, I think, are the two guys for me that I think are going to get taken. Um, just because I think that teams will value them higher than they'll value uh, someone like Engvall. 
Yeah, it's also one of the situations where it's like, I think they could definitely, uh, like, they can definitely move on, like, move another guy to be like, okay, take this, because, like, that's what happened with a lot of people with Vegas. But I think, like, that's probably going to be, um, what's it? Like, that's probably going to be, like, one of those situations where, like, I don't know if that's ideal, ideal. But I mean, like it's still to me. I think yeah. it's still the guy that that goes. But yeah. again, like it's one of those situations where, to me, like looking at the expansion draft, it's going to be a lot different than than the Vegas one. Because like they're gonna they finally caught on and were like, oh, like players are just going to go ahead and and patch. Uh, they're gonna go ahead and catch uh, like stupid moves, more or less, and they're gonna do like a bunch of like really crappy, um, and they'll like try to be like, okay, we'll unload our crappy contract so somebody can take a good contract, and it's like, not how it works, but yeah, I mean, if anything, yeah, you kind of saw that backfire on teams a lot more, right? Like giving a. Like, like getting them, like paying them to not take players and to take sh- crappy contracts and stuff like that. Uh, like Jonathan March or so. I mean, that's pretty much how like they built their team is yeah. just taking on crappy uh, or taking on players to take on crappy contracts or uh, less desirable players, we'll say. The Panthers helped build that team. Yeah. And they Riley Smith. Guy. Riley yeah, Smith and Jonathan March or so. Yep. And, that's and why I mean, you... even... Oh, 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 I was going to say, uh, even uh, Anaheim, I mean, they gave them their, their number one defenseman in Shea Theodore uh, for nothing because they wanted to protect, like, what, like Brandon Montour? Or... Yeah, they wanted to protect Montour, who they traded anyway. Yeah, so for nothing, kinda, and he sucks in Buffalo. S- yeah, it was kind of sad to see that just because, um, you know, again, like, it's one of those things where you look at it and, uh, you know, you it's like what have shoulda, could have. Like, you could have kept mm-hmm. these guys, but, like, there's obviously, you know, some things that I think you could have worked on um, that were better. But, again, like, it's it's, it's really tough. Uh, and, like, I think the expansion draft now, now that they went through two in recent memory, like, GMs will be like, oh, this is how we do it now. Okay. That's very much uh, an ideal situation. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we'll get a lot less teams uh, just throwing guys at players. I think you'll see a lot more, uh, hopefully at least. I, I I mean, not hopefully for me because I enjoy the chaos, but um, hopefully for the fan bases, uh, the teams will just the, – the, they'll just let them pick a player because they're going to take one anyways. What, why would you give them a young, you know, 22-year-old that, you know, is just kind of close to crack in the NHL and you just give them to them so that they'll take a lesser player and then they end up just getting – you know, and then and then he becomes a thirty goal scorer or whatever. Yeah, it's still rough. Like I don't yeah. know what I don't know. Like again, like there's so still so much uncertainty, and I I have a funny mm-hmm. feeling something's gonna break within the next like three days by the end of the week. But again, like we don't know yeah. because like again, like the schedule and especially the stuff with the Canucks, it's very sticky. Mm-hmm. And it's really really down to the wire. But like I'm hoping. I'm hoping that once the playoffs happen, like I think they are going to go in the bubble again. And I think at this Mm -hmm. point it's going to be in the States just because the States are probably getting their more uh, lenient control over the pandemic than here. But yeah, 
I mean, like it's it, it, it's such a weird time. Like I I feel like me and Joey always talk about this whenever we record. It's like there's always the weirdest shit, and there's always like people that are really like I don't want to say brain dead, but are very like odd with handling this thing. And it's like I like I get it, but it's almost just like like just do the, do the shit, <laughs> and and you'll be fine. But then there's also a lot of incompetence and like. I don't mean to like throw people and like, I, I, I don't want to be the one to judge people, but it's just like, I don't know. Like, it's, just, it's really weird. And I'm hoping like the league, like these leagues finally step up and are like, hey, like we should do this, not host 40,000 fans in a middle of a very crucial time to try and curve, you know, things. Yeah. But I don't know. It's, it's really, really odd. But. Yeah. That's just the way things are. COVID um, doesn't exist in Texas, you know? Oh, it's dead. They just shot it. <laughs> Everything, if there's a problem in Texas, you just get a gun and shoot it. Or you just punch it over and over again until it disappears. <laughs> yeah, basically. Have 40,000 fans stomp all over it. Yeah, and that's very much a situation where, um, you know, like you could do so much good, but then it's just like, nah, we're we're good. We're gonna go ahead and just you know drink beer and do a bunch of other stuff. And it's like, okay, yeah. Actually, I I, I forgot to mention this earlier, but um, yeah, someone was saying that they uh, cause I, I a lot of these games happen when I'm at work, uh, and someone was mentioning that they uh they were able to look at the they looked at the feed, and it was like one person with a mask mask that they could see in the whole crowd. It's just crazy. Yeah, like it's it's really one of those situations where you know I don't know, like I I sympathize, but it's also like, come on, man. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I definitely feel it there. It's so weird. Like I haven't seen like another person outside of my family in a long time. And one of my buddies just came back from Ottawa for the week and I might like maybe chill with him. Mm. Uh Safely, of course, because we're all we're all pretty much just like we don't we don't know like we're all we're we're all pretty safe and whatnot. But again, like you never know with this thing. Uh, but that's enough to COVID right now because I'm sure everyone's sick of it. Like it's it, it, it's really really weird. Um, anyway, so yeah. that's that. Um, let's go ahead and uh, plug your socials again, but. Uh, so you can go ahead and follow Gord at uh, Ride the Pine eighty nine. Uh, you can also catch him on uh, the New Era Leafs site. Yes. And you can go ahead and check out his podcast, and uh, you know, do everything along the lines that it would be pretty cool. Uh, and you also have a YouTube channel. Yeah, I do. I yeah. upload uh, NHL twenty one videos. Yes, uh, I, I want to do that, but unfortunately, like, I, I really, I don't know, I, I have a disdain for EA when they ruin franchise mode for me. I love franchise mode so much, and I, I really wish that they, they brought it back, like, the way that it was on old gen. But, I mean, once you get it to new gen with uh, with the new consoles, hopefully we can get some, because, like, they did a very good job with that would be a pro, but, I mean, can we do so much with uh, with the game? Yeah. yeah yeah exactly no i i definitely feel you there 
after 15 they just kind of killed it so to me to me the best franchise mode is still uh mlb the show uh haven't played 2k nba 2ks yet i kind of want to do it it's an excuse for me to do something during this uh this weird time especially after i graduate because like i don't know what i'm gonna do um excuse me um yeah, I mean, yeah, you're coming to do a workforce. That's just yeah, just yeah. at just begging for people to apply. <laughs> but it's like we can't because like we don't know what the guidelines are and like the budget and like, yeah. it's so it's so weird. And like there's still like a lot of people that like I haven't seen in a long time that like I'm hoping I can like just do stuff with. But like I don't know, mm. it, it's a weird time, and I'm hoping we can we can really go about this the right way. But again, we don't know. Um. So I don't think I plugged the socials in the beginning, but uh, follow Q underscore City Roundup on Twitter and at Queen City Roundup on Instagram for our content. You can catch our show on Spotify, Apple, Apple Podcast. I was gonna say Apple Playlists, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. There you go. Uh, Google Podcasts. There we go. That was my mess up. I I can't speak English. English is hard, guys. For somebody who literally, it's it's their dominant language. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty crazy. Um, but anyway. Uh, that's it for this week. Uh, thanks for for coming on, Gord. We'll, we'll yeah, thank you for having me. We will see with Joey's situation next week, but again, we don't know. Uh, and yeah, we'll we'll see y'all next week. Y'all take care. Y'all stay safe. And uh, sports are back in all three sectors. Now, if only we can just get soccer back. That'd be pretty freaking cool. But anyway, we'll see y'all later.